Welcome to The Straight Cut. My name's Steve Garland. I am Aaron Shuttleworth. And we are coming to you from West End Cigars. Ready for another week. You ready, Aaron? I am ready. This week we're going to talk about some um, some terms that we use as tobacconists to help people pick out cigars, um, as well as helping you um, try to figure out like tasting notes with cigars. So um, it's something we, we try to do. Um, as best we can when somebody comes in and asks for a cigar. Um, and it takes a little bit of work, but uh, it's definitely something you get better at as you go. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I know I'm tasting stuff more now than when I did 15 years ago when I first started yeah. smoking. And you, you almost, you don't want to feel a little too pompous when you're describing right. cigars, but it can you can definitely get that way. Yeah, it's that balance between... You know, are you giving them enough information to keep them interested in the cigar? Mm-hmm. And then are you giving them too much information to say, you know, they get bored with it? Yeah. Because that is something that happens. But um, this week we are smoking the Oliva uh, Siri O, um, which is a cigar that gets looked over a lot. Um, have you smoked many of these, Aaron? Uh, not a lot of the O. I smoke a yeah. lot of Oliva, but not this one in particular. Yeah, I think Oliva just has so many good cigars. Yep. That, that people kind of look past this one, as well as the G-Series. It's yeah. another one with the Cameroon, you know. Um, but, yeah, it's phenomenal. I don't know why anybody wouldn't smoke it, um, because it is spectacular. Yeah, so. no, it's, it's it's a really good one. I have It's been a couple months since I've had this one. Um, yeah, like, but like you're saying, Oliva has so many good ones, it's kind of hard to, you know, yeah. stick with just one and everything. I like the G. I like the G a lot, too, yeah. if I want just a less inexpensive and quick smoke and everything. I think because they got such a high rating with the uh, the Milanio mm-hmm. um, and then the original Serie V um, that and the Connecticut for that matter um, that people just kind of let this one go to the side. But yeah, um, but it is, re- it is really should, a good one. Yeah, go out there and, and find you one because um, we are really enjoying this. So, um, all right, let's talk a little bit on uh, some terms that we use describing cigars and then what we'll do is we'll actually use those terms to describe this cigar yeah so um let's start with strength on a cigar so this is probably the biggest factor um for people coming into our humidor um that ask for a cigar it's usually the first question i ask are you looking for something that's mild medium or full um then we kind of go from there so a description on strength would be uh, what your receptors react to and how they make you feel so the best example of this is like um, a lot of times when you're when you're an early smoker and you end up with a cigar that's a little too strong for your palate, um, you'll get kind of a head rush and then a little bit of that kind of like uneasy feeling in your yeah, stomach. That little tipsy feeling. Yeah. Um, that's kind of what we call um, when you're turning green is, is yeah. the term we use. So um, that's the easiest thing to describe strength with. Um, but there are so many different facets of that um that we could we could get into um so like i said this is the biggest thing people make their decision on their cigar is mild medium and full and even to the point um where we actually on our boxes will post whether it's mild mild to medium 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 to full or full um and so we get that all the time oh yeah all the time and we always get asked like what do you like I like I like fuller body. Yeah, it doesn't going, necessarily apply. Yeah, I'm going three quarter of full. You know, what do you want? You know, how yeah. long you been smoking? Do you want something? Where you Where are you at? You know, you want something really hitchy? Are you going to eat first? Are you going to eat after? I mean, there's yeah. a, there's a lot of different things to uh, you know that I I like to ask personally. All right, so um, 
Now that we kind of know what strength is, um, what would you call the strength on this cigar iron? Three quarter. Mid, medium to full. Mid, mid, yeah, medium to yeah. full. You know, uh, for for me, it has. I get a little bit of that pepper right off the right off the bat. So right instantly to me, I'm going to put that in the meaty um, middle automatically. When we get that spice and that pepper, um, but definitely a three quarter wise for me. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, it's got you know that little bit of spice to it that kind of you know wakes everything up yep. in in the palate. Yep. So. Um, and just so you know, we we just lit these right before we started recording, so it hasn't been a very long time we've been smoking. No, so no, it, it will change. The strength will change oh, yeah, as definitely. we smoke. Yeah, definitely. You know, so. and uh, you know, we're just started. Like you said, the first the first third yeah. of everything. So we still have two to go. Yep. Um, so next, um, we use the body of the cigar. So most people um, get these two confused: strength and body. Um, somebody will say, "I want a full-bodied cigar." And what they're meaning is I want something that's very spicy, mm-hmm. that's full strength. Um, and, and that's okay. We do that too as tobacconists. Um, I've, I've done it multiple times. It, probably within this last week yeah. I've done it. Um, it's a cheating term that we, yeah, that we use. Right, yeah. Um, but the best distri- description for body would be um, the effect the tobacco has on the touch and taste receptors in your mouth and your nose. So not the way the receptors react, but the effect that they have, right? So the way the smoke feels in your mouth and then through your nose with the retrohale. Yeah, like there's a, like the Perdomo small batch has a good body to me because it's a thick, a thick smoke and everything. And you get, you definitely feel, I don't know, it's like you can chew the smoke almost because it's so thick and has that body and everything. Yeah, Yeah, the density of the smoke is a big thing. That, that I like to describe cigars with. And some yeah. people don't necessarily get that and they don't understand what I mean by that. But some people do. Um, and, and every cigar is different, you know. Like a lot of the Drew Estate stuff has a very dense smoke to yeah, me. Definitely. Right? It puts off a lot of smoke and then the smoke is, is kind of heavy um, and, and almost has more moisture to it. And so that has more body to me. Um, and which we, we experienced of that a couple weeks ago when we yeah. had Jim on here and, you know, that, you know, the Herrera all, all the all the smoke in the room yeah. was just pluming everywhere and just yeah. you know, that thick you can cut it with a knife it's, it's so thick and everything that's i really enjoy that in a in a cigar i want something that really produces a lot of thick smoke a lot of you know something you can chew on almost yeah i had somebody describe body to me one time um as it's like when you smell spicy food mm-hmm. so you know that the food is spicy because the way your nose reacts yeah. right um, you, you you don't have to taste the food to smell the spicy, and so that's kind of what body is. Yeah. And that's a good example to yeah. me um, of how people can pick that up. So, um, what would you call the body on this one? Um, it's a luscious smoke. It's not a super thick one, but it has the nice. I know when it, when smoke comes off a cigar, you get either like a real white smoke or you get kind of a grayish one. This is. It's, it leans more to a whiter yeah. smoke than a gray uh, to me. So it has that, that body and that consistency that I really like. And that might be just because of the, you know, the Nicaraguan tobacco that's in it and everything. And that's what I prefer personally is Nicaraguan. And you get a lot more of that in a Nicaraguan just because it is a, a more hardy tobacco in, in, in general. Yeah, so um, speaking on the tobacco, um, the blend on this cigar, it's actually an Ecuadorian Habano wrapper and 
and then Nicaraguan binder and filler, but it's a Habano Puro, which mm-hmm. is really interesting. You yeah. don't see that very often. So um, it's an old Cuban tradition. Um, what they would do is grow the same Habano seed in different parts of the world, or even sometimes in the same country, um, but in different parts of that country, right? Yeah. And so it produces very, very different flavors. So in this cigar, you've got the Ecuadorian Habano, and then your Nicaraguan binders and fillers are from Esteli, Condega, and Jalapa Valley, um, which are three very different parts of, of Nicaragua. Um, and so it, it, it builds a um, complex cigar to a degree. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not overcomplicated. Right. It, it doesn't change a whole lot mm-hmm. throughout the cigar, um, but it has a lot of subtle notes in it um, as far as flavor. And that's the next thing we're going to talk about, but we'll get there. Um, but yeah, it, it, I had somebody ask me about complexity this week as well. Um, and so some people describe that differently than I do. Yeah. Okay. So when I say a cigar is complex, a lot of times what I mean is it has a lot of different subtle notes in the cigar. Yeah. Right. Yeah, something that changes often and just, you, you kind of have to sit back and think and you're bouncing your, your, your eyes around just trying to figure out what was that? What was that? I just tasted. Yeah. Um, and it's not even necessarily a change. Most of the time it is a change. Um, but sometimes it can just be, um, like there's a bunch of different flavors Mm -hmm. that you pick up throughout the smoke. Right. And, and so like they just stand out differently at different times. Some some have their different high points and everything. Yeah. Like to me, a cigar that really sticks out on complexity is the Avo Ritmo. With, yeah. with seven different country tobaccos. I mean, that's all over the place. Yeah. And it's hard to pick out one de- defined taste and note just because it is, it's all over the place and it's complex. So if you want a complex cigar, that's what I'll go to or that's what I recommend to somebody. But yeah. if you want something, you know, consistent throughout the whole thing, you know, there's plenty of other options out there that you just have that one note and it's the, the same constant note all the way through. Yeah, and this is all part of the body. So, um you know, a cigar can be can be a full-bodied cigar, um, but not full strength, which is what you were talking about with the uh, the Pernomo small batch. Mm-hmm. And touching back on the fact that you know this is a Habano puro, but that it's grown in different regions, so you get different flavor, tastes, and profiles. It's the same thing with wine. You know, you have the terroir yeah. of the of the ground. You know, you have a grapevine grown on this side of the valley, and then you have the same exact grape seed going on the other side. You're going to get two totally different taste just off that just just because of the ground itself and you're going to get yeah. that with the soil in Nicaragua which you've seen that's jet black and everything yeah. and then if it's grown in a different part that's not in the volcanic soil anymore you're going to get a, a totally different realm yeah so the next part of this is going to be the flavor um, which is a crazy crazy subject right yeah you can <laughs> I mean you can <laughs> you can go off on a tangent on just all different flavors we've heard you know everything oh of yeah how some of this tastes like yellow highlighter yeah just everything you know <laughs> super salty to you know i get like you know escargot like no you're not tasting snails in a cigar we'll i mean see. maybe but i mean it's just it's one of those things we can there's so many different ways to describe you know what you're tasting yeah and and nobody tastes a cigar exactly the same no. which i think is the coolest part about cigars mm-hmm. right and, and i watch a lot of different cigar reviews or read a lot of cigar reviews on cigars that i've smoked um, to see what other people pick up the tricky part to that is if someone tells me there's a, a certain flavor in a cigar, 
I'm trying to, to pinpoint that. Out. Right. Yeah. But I'm my my whole goal is to either say yes, I got that, or no, I didn't, and so I want to go back and smoke it again and see if I taste it. Mm-hmm. And the reason I do that is because I don't want someone else's flavor note to be put into my brain mm-hmm. and for me to taste it. So I try to train myself out of that. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. So that's something we've seen um, where somebody will tell you, you know, this this cigar has whatever. Yeah, and it doesn't make either one of you wrong. It's just you're different. You have different receptors. You have different taste buds. You have different. I mean, just like everything else, not everybody's going to like the same kind of food because some taste great, some doesn't. Yeah, I hate the taste of onions. I'm not going to taste. I'm not going to eat anything with onion on it. Yeah, see, and that's what I'm saying. (laughs) You know, it's just. What about cilantro? That's the big one. What does it taste like to you? So I'm the only one in my family who it doesn't taste like grass or soap. It tastes like soap to me. I absolutely love cilantro. What does it taste like? It's grassy. But it doesn't taste like soap, you know. It tastes. It's, I mean, it's an herb, just like all the other yeah. ones, you know. I, I just don't have that. I don't have that gene or whatever. That's yeah. It's so that's the, that's a weird thing, right? Fifty-fifty across uh-huh. the population. Well, no, it's. I mean, yeah. I think I'm a family of five, and yeah. I think I'm the only one that can that likes cilantro. Yeah. So, like, whenever we go to a Mexican place or whatever. Thing. Yeah, give me all the cilantro. I'll, I'll take it. I love it. I hate it. It tastes like dish soap. <laughs> See, I, I, that's like I want to. I want to experience that. No, you don't. But it might be one of those things. <laughs> I like promise. maybe I do have that receptor, and I just like the taste of soap. I don't know. Well, let's go get some uh, dish soap. Yeah, and try it. Be like a be like that kid from Christmas Story. <laughs> that's so funny. Um. So yeah, flavor is exactly what it sounds like. Yeah. Okay. The flavor. What does the cigar taste like? And there are so many different flavors that you could pick up. So um, if you haven't looked at one before, a flavor wheel is a very great tool for this purpose. Okay. Um, so there are categories on the inner part of the wheel. And then on the outer part of the wheel, you're going to get even more kind of broken down inside of that. Right. Yeah. So, you, have, you have eight inner and then just. Well, it's different. Does depend well, on what like it the, one, the one I'm looking at right now. Yeah. There's eight inner and then there's two dozen on the outside. Yeah. I mean, there, there could be a ton of them. Um, and this is a great tool um, for for people that are trying to learn how to pick out flavors. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a really cool one. It's a it's a website called Thirty Three Books, and what they do is is um, they they make these books for different tasting things, right? Whiskey, coffee, wine, cigars, all kinds of stuff. So um, the cool thing about their book, um, their wheel has basically a um, a flavor note. And then it has like one, two, three, four, five. So what what level of that flavor do you taste, right? So let's just say, um, you know, you're picking up a uh, like a leathery flavor, mm-hmm. okay? So what you would do, whatever the whatever the first and most distinct flavor you taste is, is the one you're going to start with. So let's just say it starts out very leathery, okay? So that's going to be your first your first one. So you're going to decide. How much leather do I taste, right? So if it's the most distinct, it's probably going to be three, four, or five. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then let's say your next note is is um, uh, peanut butter, right? Um, so mm, you're going to leather and peanut butter. Yeah, I mean you're going to find whatever's closest to that. So there's usually a nutty. Yeah. Um, and you're gonna you're gonna mark how much of that you taste. And then what you do is you connect the lines, and so it creates this kind of uh, circular graph, um, and it helps you to kind of visualize what you're tasting. And so that's a great tool to teach you how to taste certain flavors. Um, because what you'll do is the next cigar you smoke, you look at that wheel and say, oh, I don't taste leather on this one, but I taste a very like sweet honey flavor, right? Mm-hmm. 
Um, so then you'll you'll pick the category to where that falls into, and you'll and you'll put it there, and then you'll see how the graph is different based on each cigar you smoke, and that kind of just trains your brain. It gives you another way to look at it. Yeah. Some people can't uh, they can't visualize something that's not physically in front of them, right? And so that wheel is a very very great tool for that. Yeah. It creates a visual effect of of your taste buds. And you get and like you're saying, you for some people it's hard to pick out what they're seeing without seeing something in front of it you just got to have that that third eye that you know look in 3d and then once you put something in front of them yeah you're definitely yeah like oh yeah i taste you know almonds in that and then i get yeah. a little bit of barnyard or whatever you know yeah and sometimes you taste something you don't realize what it is right yeah so because it tastes you, nutty to you yeah you just don't have that you just, you just don't have that nutty. name right so then you look at that wheel and you're like okay that tastes more like almond than it does walnut yeah. or or cashew than it does peanut or whatever right um, or it tastes more leathery than it does like cocoa, mm-hmm. um, or it has more of an espresso flavor than it does chocolate, right? Um, and so having that tool helps you kind of pick those flavors out. And you don't even have to use that the 33 books that I that I talked about. You can just look at a flavor wheel and kind of look at all the different. I mean, I'm just looking at one right now. And yeah, I'm looking at two different ones right now. And it's bread, totally char, kind of- caramel, espresso, roasted coffee, um, green pepper, red pepper. Uh, this one cinnamon. has pencil. Yeah, I mean, there's all kinds of flavors that you can kind of, uh, kind of pick up, right? Different different types of fruits mm-hmm. and different plants, and um, you know, is it is it oaky? Is it cedary? Is it whatever? And so, just being able to look at that creates such a, a better smoking experience when you're when you're trying to learn that. Mm-hmm. So, and I look at it now, even you know, I've been smoking for years, and and I still go back and look at it because occasionally I taste something that doesn't taste like anything i've ever had before yeah so you just got to find it on that list yeah i just need something to look at yep i'm the the exact same way so you know talking about flavor and profile what do you what is your optimal flavor that you look for in a cigar what do you like the most i guess so leathery and cocoa flavors are my two favorites okay so um not necessarily chocolate although i do like the taste of chocolate but um uh, an unsweetened cocoa which kind of puts off a little bit of a bitter note mm-hmm. mixed with some leather, um, to me has the perfect flavor. See, I'm the exact opposite. I do not like leather yeah. in a cigar. I don't want to smoke anything that you know tastes like dried up cow or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a fan of leather, but I do so like I do like the, the the nutty notes. So let me ask you: when you smell something that's new leather, does that smell good to you? No. Like yeah. okay, so like our leather, our cleaner, leather cleaner that we have. To me, it smells like dirt. It smells like earth. Yeah. But I don't know. I love the smell of it. It tastes spectacular to me. I just, it smells. It smells spectacular to me. Um, Yeah. To me, it just smells like earth and it just smells like soil, I guess. Like, like after it rains, you you can yeah. smell the gr- the, yeah, the ground it. and everything. That's what it smells See, I like. I love to that me. smell. After no, I'm, it rains, I'm fine like with the smell it. of grass. Yeah, no, I'm fine it. with that. I just don't like the taste of leather <laughs> in my cigar. I prefer. So like the the phrase that I, I like and you know I like cigars that taste like uh, grandma's attic have that funkiness that musty that, that, musty, that old like that. that old book smell you know you get a lot with the like the Avo line the XO or the even the, the the classic series the two or the three a lot of Davidoff some Zeno stuff that's the I really like that pl- flavor profile but then I also like the spicy with like the the meaty aspect i like pepper i like red pepper i like white pepper um the cocoa um 
some toasty notes and everything. I like that, but leather, I'm just not a, I'm not a big fan of. Yeah. Um, so what do you taste in this cigar? Um, getting a, some pepper, uh, not a strong essence of pepper, so more like a like a white pepper. Like a white pepper. Yeah. Um, I'm with you on that. Getting one. some some woody notes, a little cedar. Yeah. Um, um, a just a touch of cocoa. Um, that probably might be the bitter aspect that I'm that I'm getting off of. Um, so not so much like you're talking about chocolate before, because I do like a like a chocolatey taste in the cigar or a cocoa note. This has just the just a little bit of that bitterness, kind of salty. You know, plays with a with your tongue a little bit, and I'm. I'm just now through the first third of it, so that's what I'm I'm picking up right now. You know, an, an inch and a half in. Yeah, same thing. Um, you know, I'm getting that kind of cedar woody note mm-hmm. that you talked about, um, and and a, a little bit of like a caramely note. Yeah. Um, but part of that, I, I ate a frosty before I came in, so that may <laughs> have been part of it. Um, is picking up a little bit for me, but um, yeah, we're not and we're not pairing it with anything to distort no. the flavors. We're just having water. Tonight. Yeah, I did, I did a bike ride yesterday that... Uh, Not just a bike ride. You did a 100-mile bike ride. A, a big bike ride. So um, I've been chugging water most of the day today. Although, you know, I didn't drink any sodas for like three days before, yeah. right? And so um, as soon as I got home... How'd that first one taste? I took a nap, and then I got back up, and I was like, I got to have a Mountain Dew. <laughs> <laughs> Diet Mountain Dew. That was, that's my drink, yeah. right? Was it great? Oh, my goodness. It was so good. <laughs> So I'm a little different. I don't I don't like um, just plain water most of the time. Yeah, you usually go mio. Yeah, yeah. So um, the f- just a little bit of flavoring, but I do like water after I've done a lot of strenuous exercise. Yeah, um, it creates a thirst that plain water is the only thing that that really makes up for it. Yeah, and then um, we use pickle juice also when we ride. Because um, you sweat so much, you lose a lot of that salt, right? You get that electrolytes and Especially everything. through, you know, 100 miles. Um, I got home and there was like salt rings on my on my uh, <laughs> jersey and, and bib, or yeah, my bibs. That's like what and, you're seeing uh, now in the, in the, you know, the college baseball is going on. You yeah. see, they always yeah, wear the hat. old hat that's just yeah. salt rings all the way up, all the way up it. Yeah, so um, it was the first time I've done 100 miles. Um, it was very hard, almost quit twice. Um, but I pushed through it. I started cramping um, somewhere around mile 70. Uh, my leg, my, my right leg kind of locked up. Um, and I actually had to stop and get off my bike. So they have rest stops every so often. But um, I was with a group for the first half. We didn't stop till like mile 47. And uh, I was fine. I, I felt great. Um, the problem was I filled up my water bottles and then I sat down and started drinking one of them mm. and got left behind because yeah. um, I had to refill that before we could take off because I knew I couldn't make it to the end without two water bottles. Yeah. Um, and so then I was on my own. I got it's it's way harder when yeah, you're out you, by yourself. Yeah, you couldn't get that draft behind anybody. Oh, yeah. it's unreal the difference that it makes. But um, yeah, so um, you know I stopped every so often at, at the rest stops um, and basically hit every one on the on the last like. 30 miles oh, did they, did they have uh, beer vendors out there to no they don't do it on the course they do after okay. um so they always throw an after party and they'll have you know local breweries there and uh, a bunch of food and snacks and and which we talked about last week there's tons of good breweries out there oh yeah yeah <laughs> um i didn't i didn't stay for the party i was so exhausted i wouldn't either um i just couldn't stomach it um so i just had to go home and and lay down i literally did not eat anything like i took a, a two-hour nap 
and then got up and ate just a little bit of stuff just to kind of let my let my body readjust yeah um and just chugging water because your body was like what the hell did you just do <laughs> oh yeah me? i went into shock there's no <laughs> doubt about that but well, i feel I, uh, pretty good my legs are a little sore today but i feel good say let's go on a run tomorrow you want to do that uh no <laughs> i hate running i don't know how people run yeah i think because i ran so much in football as a kid yeah i just hated it so anyway um but yeah flavor's great in this cigar it's it's i think one of the more underrated cigars out there yeah it definitely is you know it's um like we talked about when we first came on oliva has so many good ones that we like you know i think the yeah. milanio is definitely in our top 10 probably yeah um you know, I really like the G series because it is. I don't want to. I don't like using the word cheap because it's not cheap. It's inexpensive. Inexpensive, yeah. Because it is. It's inexpensive and it's a really good one. The Cameroon, yeah, is great, especially the size, the perfect size. Even I'm not a Churchill smoker, but it's a nice box press. You know, Cameroon and Oliva just makes a really good solid product through yeah. and through. So what's interesting with the Cameroon? It's actually like the most expensive tobacco wrapper tobacco mm-hmm. that, that most companies use. There's a few companies that have some like super limited yeah. stuff, you know, but, uh, in, in general pricing, um, they're usually smaller cigars when they're Cameroons because the tobacco is so expensive. So the reason is cause it's all grown by one family in Cameroon, Africa. Mm-hmm. And so it's very controlled. Um, and so they, they have a limited amount of it. It's just that monopoly. You just kind of have to get what you get. Yep. Um, so most of the time when you see Cameroons, they're smaller cigars. There's a few companies that make bigger ones. Um, I think Rocky's got one that's, you know, up to a Churchill size, but most of them are smaller. So yeah, it, like, it, like even that, even the G-Series Churchill, you know. It's, it's a smaller ring It's gauge. a smaller ring gauge, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so the Serie O that we're smoking comes in multiple sizes. Um, so we are smoking the Toro, um, which is a 6x50. Also comes in a Churchill, which is a 7x50. A double Toro, which is a 660. Um, the Torpedo, which is a 65 by 52 a Corona, which is a 6x46. A Robusto, which is a 5x50. Uh, the number 4, which is a 5x43. And a Perfecto, um, which is a 5x55. And then a Toro Tubo. Same size as a Toro, just comes in the tube. So, uh, Do you have a favorite size of this? Um, you maybe not have smoked all these? Yeah, I probably haven't smoked all of them. I've just yeah. had the Robusto and the Toro. Um, but the... The Perfecto is something I'd like to have because I really like Perfecto shape. That's yeah. one of my favorite, one of my favorite shapes of uh, you know Vitola sizes. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, so with smoking so many cigars like we do because mm-hmm. we work in a shop, it's a little easier for us to kind of remember these things because we see them every day, yeah. right? But um, do you keep a uh, dossier, cigar dossier? I do. I do a cigar scanner on okay. my phone. I do that. Um, it's a great app if you guys haven't seen it. You literally take a picture of the cigar and it pulls it up and gives you all the information. All the info, info. and I, I like that. Um, you know, I keep a I keep a little notebook of myself, um, and we also have a cigar dossier, you know, for the shop that anybody can add into. But I think only you and I are the only ones that's ever put anything in it. And no, I, there's there's one or two is other. There other I don't think I've put one in there in like two years. And I yeah, I, every day do. I'm here, I always look at them like, all right, I'm going to smoke this one. I'm going to do a full review and put it in there. And by the time I'm done, I'm like, crap. <laughs> well, I know for me, a lot of times I end up like setting my cigar down and letting it go out. Yeah. You know, 20 times a day just because you get busy doing whatever. Yeah. Right. Um, well, so. and, that's, and that's one of the bad things with working at a cigar shop. You always can't have yeah. that cigar in your hand yeah so that's why i like even on my free time you know i like coming up here 
because you don't I never really get a chance to just you know sit and enjoy a cigar you know from foot to cap all the way through just because you're always helping somebody else so whenever I do have some free time or me and Marielle can come up here and just hang out and actually smoke something I'll do that and that's when I usually smoke something a little more on the higher end um, that I can actually sit and enjoy as opposed to when I'm working up here it's always something that you know if I don't touch it for 20 minutes or so it's not going to yeah affect that much yeah that's um so we get that question a lot like how how long are cigars good for mm-hmm. um and i try to tell people like if you light a cigar try to smoke it within about two hours yeah um because if you think about it once you light this in the smoke is traveling all the way through the entire cigar all the tobacco and so it's changing the tobacco as it goes yeah. right and so the longer it sits there the more it's going to change. You're going to get a lot more of the, if you let it sit out, you're going to get that acidic. You're going to get that, I mean, ashtray taste if it sits too yeah. long. Now, there is one thing I did have uh, when I first became a smoker. I haven't seen one since, um, but it was this metal, I guess it was a glass tube that you could put your cigar in and you can pump out all the air and it becomes vacuum sealed. Yeah. It says it's to take out all the bad smoke and everything. Know whether that's just a crock, I don't know. <laughs> but I had one, and you know, I guess it worked. I don't know. I had, I've moved, you know, a couple times yeah. since then, so Lord knows where it is. Um, you know, I've never really sat down a cigar or cut the end and like purge it out yeah. to save it for later. If that's going to get to that case, you know, to me it's just a loss. You know, I'll make it up on the next one or or whatever. Yeah. Um, the other part of that is is how long are they good out of the humidor? So um, what I tell people is. Um, at most two days. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, as soon as you take it out of the humidor, the cigar starts to deteriorate moisture. And so, um, there are some ways to, to keep them better longer. So of course the ideal thing would be to put it immediately into another humidor. Yep. Okay. Um, that's not always an option. There's all kinds of different products that we can use. So you see like the water pillows, um, which are good to me, the, the best, product on the market right now for that is the Boveda pack. Boveda so pack, yeah. it's a two-way humidity control system. So it disperses as needed to the cigars to keep whatever container it's in at, at whatever mm-hmm. humidity level of Boveda pack you select. And then um, if it gets too high within that pack, it'll draw it back into the Boveda pack. Yep. And so it keeps it at a more regulated regulated uh, humidity. Is that, and is that, that's what you use personally at your home? Right. Yeah, so I use it in my humidor um, at home. I have one of the big 320-gram packs, yeah. um, and then I have, like, two smaller ones. So um, I, I do – I have a big 250-count humidor at home, and I use the I use the crystals. Yeah, with the propylene glycol. The propylene glycol. Yeah. yeah. Which so is – it's the same thing. It keeps it regulated. Basically the same idea, yeah. Um, very, very similar idea. Um, it helps keep it at a more steady rate. And now you've got so many different products on the market. So uh, the crystals are, are spectacular. They yeah. work really well. Um, you know, you've got uh, Cigar Oasis puts out some really nice uh, humidifiers that are fan. They yeah. have a fan on them. Yep. And then they have a water reservoir. Um, and now they've got them with a Wi-Fi unit built in that is spectacular. You can control it from your phone. It'll send you alerts yep. um, over Wi-Fi. Yeah, because the last thing you want is, you know, <laughs> you're out somewhere and you get yeah. a, you don't know that your power got turned off right. or whatever and you now you're 
you're yeah, you, know, no, I mean, you, you got to think there's some people that vacation keep, for a week yeah i mean there's people that have thousands and thousands of dollars worth of cigars yeah at their home you know and you know i don't have that much i don't think but i have enough where <laughs> i want to make sure that everything is is properly taken care of if, if i had a thousand, couple thousand dollars worth of cigars oh my god mariel would kill me <laughs> yeah hopefully she's not listening to this episode <laughs> um what do you like keeping your your personal humidor at so I try to go anywhere between 69 and 71 okay. is kind of where I like to be. I, um, I like a little drier. I like yeah. to stay below 69. Yeah. Yeah, I know a lot of people prefer that, like, kind of 65, 67. S- yeah, 66 to 69 is what I like yeah. Is what I like to stay with. Personally. I think Brandon likes his at 65. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I know we have a couple other people up here that they keep theirs mid-60s also. Yeah. Um, but we also have some. They like them kind of overly humidified they keep it yeah. at 72 plus and that to me i mean that's fine but it gets a little hard to draw hard to light it's a little on the squishy spongy side well you're starting to risk mold at yeah. that point so anything over 71 72 is is really you, you, touchy you, with you're mold. teetering on yeah because you know you get mold on one you know can easily disperse yeah. and then you have the whole adage of is it mold or plume? Yeah, that's it. That's the, the the great debate in the cigar world. <laughs> and I, I don't know where you stand. To me, it's always mold. <laughs> it's, it's mold, bro. Well, so here's the deal. If it is inside the foot of the cigar, yeah, right, that is mold. Plume cannot grow on the outside of the not the wrapper, but on the foot, the open, exposed yeah. part. Okay? I but I think not all mold is bad. I mean, cheese. Yeah, it's just they one normally of cut the mold off of it though. What? Blue cheese. Yeah, well, I guess you're right. Run, I don't like it. I don't but, either. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> I, yeah, it's like feet. Yeah, I mean, it's such a a, a big debate. You know, this one of the two questions is, you mm-hmm. know, is this Cuban real, and then is this mold or bloom? Mold, that's, yeah. that's the two questions you get on every single cigar forum and and social media page. So, and everybody has a different answer. You have yeah, you have a hundred people. You have a hundred different answers. Yeah, it's it's crazy. So. um like I said, my advice, if it's growing on the on the foot of the cigar, yep. it's mold. Which is the part you light. And then if it if it is like protruding like a fuzzy substance, um, or it won't wipe off when you go to wipe it, that's mold as well. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's why I keep mine at like below seventy percent mm-hmm. because I don't want to risk mold or plume. Mm-hmm. Um so for those of you that don't know, plume is is kind of a mythical thing, right? Yeah. It's uh, uh you know the the tobacco as it ages starts to release sugar, and so then it like kind of crystallizes like on the outside of the cigar, uh, like a fairy dust almost. So it's gonna look more like a sheen uh-huh. rather than something growing on the cigar. Yep. Because it's not gonna like because it's gonna be consistent throughout the whole right. wrapper and everything. Yeah. So, um. If it looks like mold, guys, it's mold. Don't smoke it. You know, and you get, and you get a lot you more of that, quote-unquote, plume um, on oily wrappers and everything. When you're like this, I wouldn't consider this oily. This is more of a veiny wrapper. Um, so you're not going to get a lot of that. Yeah, so that brings up a, a good subject here. We'll talk about um, some, some more terms that we use. Um, so the wrappers, the, the look of the wrapper, right? Mm-hmm. So you've got an oily wrapper that, that visibly has kind of a, a wet look to mm-hmm. it almost right like a like a chapter one chapter two yeah, those are very those oily. Are oily yeah a lot of the lfd stuff is that way uh-huh. um then you have toothy yeah so toothy would be um something that has 
um, kind of like bumps on Bra- it. Bra- kinda, like Braille. Like Braille, over, yeah. yeah. It, it looks like sandpaper or Braille. That's, which that's to, a great which to me, a cigar right off the bat, one I think a toothy is like the uh, the Romeo San Andreas or some of the uh, the Monster Series, uh, yeah. like the the small, the uh, the Lancero Monster Series, yeah. really toothy all the way through. And then you have the veiny side. Yeah, the veiny would be, um, you know, you can clearly see like a, a very large vein running down through the cigar. And it's going to most of the time run vertical up mm-hmm. and down. You don't see those as often going sideways um, because that's where you start to kind of risk um, like bad spots in the cigar and, and it can cause it to crack um, or cause some draw issues. So you normally don't see that. So that's part of the leaf selection process when they when they divide everything up for is it is it good enough quality to be a wrapper leaf or does it need to be a binder and a filler leaf right and then um they try to pull out any vein that will cause a problem with the draw mm-hmm. um it doesn't always happen it's a it's a handmade product so there's you know, there's always yeah, there's always some sort of imperfection on anything ha- handmade you know yeah um but constr- like just touching back on this cigar this con- the construction on this one is is great um it's a got an a good even burn i'm right at halfway through it's not coning or tunneling or anything just a good solid burn even it's even not have canoeing or anything have you done a retro hail yet uh yeah uh, not on this one it is uh very pleasant kind of a toasty nuttiness that that i think is spectacular yeah i definitely got i, I definitely get that toastiness and it's yeah. almost it's like uh has that nice like sourdough almost toasty taste that i'm getting real nice one but it has just a little bit yeah. of that spice on the back end oh yeah it's, it, uh, it definitely uh, it definitely just opens enough up. notes there yeah so we actually had something cool uh, today uh in the shop because i work today up here at the lounge um so i know she listens so uh, d came up here and she heard one of our other podcasts and recordings about how we're talking about retrohale so she wanted to learn how to retrohale so she wanted to get a, a awesome. good cigar for that and so i actually showed her the tatawahe black that we smoked last week i was like this is good one it's not going to give you know too strong too peppery because she likes a good strong cigar and she had one in her hand i was like ah let's not try that one right at first let's do this one and you know i think she was getting the hand of it so it's definitely a a, a trait to practice and learn with yeah but it's pretty cool that you know somebody came in after listening to us yeah like all right now I want to do it. How do you do it? You'll get the hang of it, you know, after a while. But the uh, the yeah. retro on this is a, is a very nice one. You know, Doug was over, was with me, too, and he was doing it like a champ. You know, he just <laughs> looking like a train coming through his nose. I'm like, all right, you're not going to get to that level just yet. But it's, uh, <laughs> it's definitely a, it's a very pleasant retro hail on this one. And it does just – it totally changes the flavor aspect um, on any cigar because you're not getting like that toasty – that not burnt, but the, the, just that good toasty bread flavor yeah. with that pepper on the back end. You're not yeah. getting that, you know, just regular wise. Yeah. And it's, you know, you, you see that with um, like food critics, right? Mm-hmm. When they smell food, they always keep their mouth open yeah. because they want to taste it and smell it all at the same time, right? So you're doing the same thing with a retrohale. You're just forcing it through another receptor mm-hmm. to help pick up new flavors. Well, it's like when you do a wine tasting, you, you sip the wine, but you're also, you're... <laughs> bringing in in the air and it just mixes with everything and so one of the best ways when you're tasting beer also um is to burp afterwards you get that flavor off of a burp rather than that bring in the air when you're tasting the wine i never knew that yeah that's very interesting yeah that's a so that's one of the ways cigars don't make me burp yeah so i so i (laughs) so i went to culinary school and that was one of the things that we that we learned you know how to taste different different things and i never knew that either and then 
you do it and you're like, all right, I look, I look like an asshole, you know, doing this, yeah. but <laughs> well, you can do it. You can do it subtly, but it does. It does. You do get a different flavor profile and taste, you know, just like anything else. So yeah. try that, you know, next time you're drinking something or smoking something. Yeah. I'll have to give that a try. I did not know that. Yeah. You do like, when you burp, you taste different. Yeah, you I do. Mean, it makes I mean, sense. I've never you know, like, thought of it. But yeah. <laughs> and it's always like, when do I have hot dogs? <laughs> hot dogs? Really? <laughs> I don't think anybody ever wants to burp hot dogs. Oh, no, especially when you haven't had a hot dog. <laughs> That's disgusting. But you've been there. You know, like, oh, what was yeah, that? Yeah, like, oh, man, that, that didn't taste so hot. <laughs> yeah, I don't, want a full, I don't want a cigar that tastes like a hot dog. I'll tell you that. No, not at all. But you will get that meatiness. Yeah. Get that, oh, that, yeah. That, you can definitely get savory notes. Is that um, umami beef? Yeah, that's I mean, another. It's it's in the same category. Like a there's some like like I was saying with the uh, the flavor that I like, since I like that old book kind of grandma's attic that mushroom umami taste. It it goes on with that earthy note. So if the, so if that's the notes that you like, you definitely want to stick with more of an earthy cigar. Um, but with me, it, it kind of counters with that leathery. So earthy and leather are pretty close neck to neck so i have to be kind of particular because i really don't the only cigar with leathery taste that i that i like is the uh, julie caesar yeah it's going to be the only one that love that, that fits in my palate yeah i mean i do too yeah most of my like top cigars are going to be leathery mm-hmm. cigars yeah not for me <laughs> what uh what's your least favorite flavor in a cigar that that just like ugh, i don't like that at all leather leather yep. is yep i hate it yeah i just don't like it it just so we're like complete opposite mm-hmm. on that because I hate that musty flavor, yeah. <laughs> but we like a lot of the same cigars, yeah. which I is mean, interesting. Yeah, so we have we have uh, we share some stuff in different columns, and the other ones it's like, bye, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> bye, Felicia. I do not <laughs> like that one. Yeah, Fla- uh, leather to me is, is not big. I so spice, I guess, is I really love peppery cigars. I love that all the way through. The LFD NAS, um, anything with a lot of Lajero. Love all that, all that. Well, that NAS, that's a palate wrecker. Oh yeah, that's a. Uh, you don't start that. No, that's a, you don't start with. That, that. That's an end the night on. So that was yeah. that was actually one thing I was kind of worried about today, um, because what I smoked today was I smoked some pretty heavy stuff. Um, I had four cigars. You know, I started off. I had like a, a Liga Bravada Flying Pig. I had an LFD, uh, 2006 TAA cigar that uh, I was gifted, and so I was kind of worried. You know. I didn't want my, my palate to be wrecked. So I think one thing that we also tell people, you know, when you're getting a flavor, you want to smoke cigars back to back, eat something in between. Almonds work great, dark chocolate, yep. stuff like that. So Coffee. I did. Yeah. So I had some, I had some uh, chocolate before we came on with this just to cleanse my palate a little bit. Um, another thing that works really well is sherbet. Uh, sherbet, sherbet sherbet cleans the palate off really well so if you go to any well, i've seen like the lemon yeah if you go to any yeah. like fancy restaurant like say the french laundry or whatever like that in between courses you're going to get some sort of palate cleansing sorbet or something like that yeah, and that's lemon a, sorbet and yeah. the same the same rules apply so if you you know want to change the cigars got some sherbet around eat some sherbet Probably not like rainbow or bubble gum. <laughs> I know. I, lo- I love me some rainbow sherbet, though. Man. <laughs> I ain't going to lie. I don't like ice cream, but rainbow sherbet. Man, I haven't had sherbet in so long. Uh, it, being diabetic, like, I miss a lot of those things. <laughs> no, you're You know, just... I eat a lot of them because I have an insulin pump, so I can kind of, you know, adjust it for that. Like, I had a frosty today, right? Mm-hmm. Of course, I'm trying to replenish calories from, from the last, you know, two days. Yeah, but... you're looking thin over there, bro. we got to get some. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. 
Um, but yeah, it, I've never, I never thought about that, but yeah. that's exactly what they do. Yeah, that's all it is. It's never, just, never it just cleanses it. your palate and it get, and it mm-hmm. makes a better experience for, you know, the cigar smoker. Because like in, at the end of the day, cigars are made to be enjoyed, take your time, slow down. Yeah. So you want to do everything in your best, you know, best interest to make it better. Um, so I think another aspect we can touch on right now is starting off with a cigar. How do you, how do you light your cigar? Do you? a certain way yeah yeah so um i always toast the cigar Mm -hmm. um so what i mean by that is i i hold the cigar out and then i light the lighter and i don't touch the flame to it Mm -hmm. um i just keep it just far enough away where it's not touching but the the tobacco is starting to you know light up and and Mm -hmm. become charred right so i rotate it and kind of move the move the flame as i rotate um and i want basically the entire outer edge to become orange yeah right um and then I'll take the cigar and, and put it in my mouth and hold the lighter to it again, um, keeping the flame just far enough away to where it's not quite touching it, mm-hmm. and then rotate. Yep. Okay. And I kind of, uh, just from smoking for so long and, and so often, um, I have four rotations, yeah. and I'm back to where I started, yep. and that's it. I stop. Done. Yep. Um, and so that normally gets the cigar lit. And then what I do is I turn the cigar around, and I'll puff blow, back blow out. into it. Yep. Right. Just so, get the ember going. Yeah. Um, and so that just, you know, I can tell whether or not it's lit completely. Mm-hmm. Um, it also doesn't waste, you know, a bunch of like trying to puff real hard to, to get enough air through it or anything like that. Um, so it's kind of an efficient way of, of doing it, I guess. So I love a cigar where when I'm toasting the foot, I just toast it around like you're saying, do the same process and everything. Yeah. And then I don't have to inhale with the lighter. And it's yeah. already nice and nice and toasted and already, you know, pull and smoke through. I love when a cigar does that. That happened to one of the cigars I, I had today. It was just it was just perfect. I really like yeah. that. Um, I don't use a soft flame that much, um, even like with the matches or whatever or lighting the cedar on. I'm yeah. normally just torches only. But since I smoke a smaller gauge cigar personally, I don't use like the big four yeah. burner, whatever. I like just the the, the DuPont. Single torch. Single torch stuff. That's what I yeah. use. So that's another big debate in the cigar world is is what do you light your cigar with, mm-hmm. right? So, um, you know, the old traditional style of, of matches or cedar spill is great. Mm-hmm. And we have regulars that come in here all the time that that's all they'll do. Yeah. They'll just do matches. They'll just light the cedar. And that's it. And that's cool. Yeah. I mean, they have at it. So where that started, um, back in the day, matches were just going to be paper matches, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of chemical mm-hmm. um, in the tip to get it to strike. And then the paper is... is paper it's not necessarily clean right yeah. um so what they would do is they would get a, a cedar spill which is just a, a small little strip of cedar and they would light that with the match and then light their cigar off of that and it puts off a really great smell to me mm-hmm. um i love the smell of cedar so yeah. it's always great but um so that's why we have the box of cedar yeah. next to our ashtray up, up front with where we cut and everything because i've always had people like and what's that for and like oh that's to light your cigar you know you yeah. light you light the cedar let it burn off for a second and then you can light the cigar right off that and it does it's not going to change the profile uh, all to that that much no um but you're, you're going to get a little bit of that that cedary note and everything but it's going to be gone you know with yeah it's instant. more it's more in the smell side yeah. of things right you're not going to taste it yeah. through the cigar you're going to smell it a little bit yeah, so definitely i mean so next time anybody's up there and you see the little cedar strips yeah at your brick and mortar grab some of those throw it in your bag and light and you yeah. light your cigar that way and you'll you know you'll get a different experience and you know it might be something you even like more more than just the the regular torch yeah and a lot of companies will provide 
um, a, a sheet of cedar in the box with the cigars, and that's where we get all I think of Oliva our cedar does. strips. Yeah, Oliva has it. Yeah, in most of theirs do. Um, so what we do is we just take that cedar and we kind of break it up into these strips, just kind of fold it over, um, and, and that provides us with cedar spills for people to use. So um, there are some companies out there you can get custom ones made with your name or whatever, but um, you know we just we like to recycle and reuse everything we can. Um, so instead of throwing that away, we try to use those as yep. much as possible. So. Um, nowadays, um, with, with technology, um, the reason you didn't light, uh, a cigar with a, a, like a Bic lighter is because the butane is really dirty. Yeah. But nowadays with the technology, they're able to clean the butane, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, Zycar's butane is spectacular. Calibri's got a good one. Um, there's multiple out there. Yeah, it's but like 99.99 pure clean or whatever. Oh yeah, it's, it's like nine, 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 like five nines or something. Um, but yeah, so basically they triple cycle the butane, um, through a, a cleaning process to make sure there's no additives or, or anything that's going to cause a, a flavor change in the cigar. Um, cause that's what you don't want. And if you don't want to light it with a lighter, that's completely up to you. We, we're not forcing anybody to do that. That's why we provide literally matches, uh, cedar spills and a lighter. We have all of them. So however you like to light it is how we want to get you going. Speaking of light, I just had to relight mine because... I was talking too much. <laughs> yeah, I made a comment about this uh, in the last episode. My goal was to smoke all the way through without having to relight my cigar. It didn't happen. I think I did that last week. This week, not so much, which is it's really good. I'm just now getting yeah. to the uh, the last third and everything. So it's mellowed out a little bit um, for me. Yeah. Um, still have a little bit of the spice, not so much anymore. I'm getting more of a woody note. I'm getting also a little bit of a, a little bit of a, like a cream almost. Yeah. I'm getting like a, a coffee almost yeah. like coffee with cream, I yeah. think is, you know, very smooth kind of a uh, little bit of sweetness or something. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, really good. So speaking of coffee, three days after we talked with Jim, yeah. I went over there and I got, uh, I got a black coffee. I got a Honduran uh, yeah. and I smoked, I forget what I smoked with it. I smoked, I think I smoked a Tatawaha or something with it and it was, uh, couldn't believe I was actually in there getting <laughs> getting a, a, a just a black coffee. It was good. Yeah. It was, uh, you know, I told, you know, I said I was going to branch out and challenge myself to do something out of my <laughs> comfort zone. And I did. And I've, I've reaped the benefits a little bit. Um, so touching back on um, cutting and lighting, have you ever like experimented with like cutting it after you toast it? Or um, like you said, you know, not drawing with the lighter to the cigar no because i always do a cold draw yeah uh, before a light so i always cut it first the only thing that i do differently is when we get a new cigar i always smoke it twice i always do one with a straight yeah. always do one with a v just yeah. to see what i i like myself uh, like personally better um just for me um i have noticed that lately i've been doing a lot more straight cuts um maybe it's subconsciously because that's the name of our show <laughs> <laughs> i don't know um but I still do. There's still definitely some cigars out there that I I will only smoke with a stra uh, straight cut and some with only a V cut. That's the, really the only thing cut-wise that I yeah. do uh, differently. Um, there's not many that I'll do a, with a punch. The only one I can think of is the Flathead series. Yeah. That's the only one I can think of that I do neither or. I just do the punch with. But you kinda, you're kind of forced to on that yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. So when I first started working in the cigar industry, um, I did – um, a couple different trials. Mm -hmm. So basically for about, um, two months, 
um, I would toast all the cigars before I cut them uh-huh. just to see what it did, right? Yeah. Um, and then for two months, I would not draw through the cigar with the lighter mm-hmm. held up to the cigar. Like you were saying yeah. earlier, I'd light it and then puff on it away from the lighter. So, um, and, and I've done, you know, a few different things, multiple different types of things, but those two were the ones that, um, and did you get a, did you, could you tell a difference? A little bit. Um, not so much on lighting the cigar yeah. or the lighter, not, you know, not touching the cigar while I'm puffing on it, but, um, toasting the cigar before you cut it is, is really interesting because some of that smoke tunnels through the cigar. Um, and then when you cut it and take a draw, it's still a cold draw because the cigar is not lit, but it's not actually a cold draw because there has been some flame to it. So it produced a little bit of a different flavor. Um, it wasn't enough for me to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, I did it for about two months just to see what happened. Um, and it, it didn't make a big enough difference. Now I, I still do that with some cigars. Um, especially something like with, uh, a lot of like dark pepper, really mm-hmm. full cigars. Um, I'll do that with occasionally cause you get like this really big burst of pepper, um, when you take that first puff off of it. And so it, it, it does produce some different notes, but it's not something I do all the time. So it, it's an interesting thing. And, and if you guys have any like weird quirks or, or things like that, that you mm-hmm. like to do, uh, reach out to us on, on Facebook or, uh, Instagram. Um, we, we'd love to hear about it and we'll talk about it. So. Do you, do you do cold draws? I do most of the time. Okay, yeah, I, I if do. If it's a cigar, I've had a bunch. I usually don't because I kind of know. Yeah, I'm the same way. Um, I'm trying to think of anything new that I've had. Um, I guess the newest one I had when I was up in KC a couple weeks or last weekend was when I had the Tabernacle and I did the cold draw off that. I mean, I got a real good, you know, nice flavor off that. Yeah. Um, also, if you guys have any questions or anything. Um, you know, like we've said in other episodes, reach out to us. Um, we, we'd love to, to be able to interact with you guys. Mm-hmm. And we've had quite a bit of interaction lately, especially with the, uh, the million dollars buck questions. Those have been spectacular. So really many, surprised. So many horrible people out there. Yeah. So the question last week was basically, you know, you have to tell a mom that her, that her child is her ugly. Ba- her baby was ugly. And I um, think, I think we ahead. had all, Almost everybody said they would take the Almost money. Almost everyone. And it was just like, what the crap? What yeah. Is, are you serious? It's crazy. But, uh, yeah. I mean, it shocked me. But I was like, all right, cool, whatever. So now, when I, since I'm the one drawing the questions, I'm going to have to ramp this baby up. That's what that's what I'm getting from it. Yeah. So I have to look for uh, for better scenarios and everything to see what all would happen. Uh, but, yeah, but like you said, you know, ask us questions. If you want to know more about us personal-wise, um, you know, have at it. I think we're open books. You know, I, I like the fact that I know that coming into this podcast, there wasn't really going to be anything off limits for us. That's what, yeah. how I was going into it because we are putting ourselves out there. Yeah. I mean, people from all the, all over the world have listened to us and you keep listening to us. And once again, awesome. Thanks so much. Um, but if there's anything you want to know, me and Steve, we're two totally different people that happen to have yeah. one, a cut. We have a few common interests and everything yeah. and cigars being one of them. And there's a few other things that we liked, but other than that, wise, we are just yeah, we are oil and water, baby. I mean, it's just <laughs> I want to say we're more like oil and vinegar. Apart, we're we're apart, we're really good, but together, we do that nice vinaigrette. <laughs> you know, we work together well. Um, but no, seriously, like um, you know, ask us like what our favorite things to do, hobby wise, music, movies, you know, just whatever you want to know. Yeah. I don't care. I mean, ask me, and I'll I'll answer it. Yeah, definitely. I'm the same. Um, now, I want to know who else is horrible out there and want this uh, million dollars. Let's do it. All right, so 
everybody knows the game by now. Um, I am going to say I'm shocked at how many people <laughs> took the money last week. <laughs> so million dollars butt game, Rooster Teeth, um, M- mdbgame.com. Pick it up. It's awesome. Uh, Thursday night when I was working up here, uh, you know, they had the game going on. Me and a couple other people, we just sat back in the, you know, sat up at the register and I was just pulling out cards. And I mean, it's, there's so many, I, there's so many good ones. When yeah. I saw a really good one, I tucked it back behind oh, just yeah. for ones coming up. So this, the scenario is one of those that I saw okay. that I was dying laughing just to see what happened. <laughs> so I want to see whatever we'll do, reach out to us. But uh, question of the week is million dollars, but whenever you witness a public display of affection, a sweaty sumo wrestler appears, and you must give him a belly rub. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, so no matter where you are, say you're at Whole Foods, you see somebody kiss, you turn around, Yokozuna is in front of you, and you have to rub his belly. It's all sweaty and everything. Yeah, I think I'd take that one. Um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of gross if oh, you think so about gross. it. You know, sweaty person, but... It doesn't have to be a sweaty sumo wrestler, just a sweaty person in general. <laughs> I still. <laughs> yeah, uh, oh. I just carry around a lot of hand sanitizer, you know, if that yeah. was the case. And, and I, I think I'd take that money. I don't, I don't think I would turn that one down. What about you? Um, yeah. Yeah. You're I, kind I, of on the fence here? I'm kind of on the fence yeah. just because, you know, with me working outside all day long, I know how <laughs> gross I get. So the last thing I want to do is you know, rub a sweaty stomach of somebody. No. Uh, and they're more than likely a sumo wrestler. They're going to be a, it's going to be a big dude. Yeah. And just, uh, I'll, if, I'll, I'll do it, but I'm going to be grossed out. And if I see somebody start kissing <laughs> me, like I'm going to run over there and, and like separate them up real quick, <laughs> just so I can get, get the hell out of Dodge. But you know yeah, what? I'll take I, the money. While I'm sitting here thinking about it, I don't think I see that too often, but I bet if if it was that big of a factor in your life, I bet you'd notice it a lot more. Right? Oh, yeah. I mean, like now it's just not that big a deal, yeah. right? Somebody kissing. I mean, yeah. So I, I don't think like deal. like holding hands or anything. I'm not going to count that as a public sign of affection. Well, it is. Yeah, no. For this, I'm not going to count that. Um, yeah. I'm just going to say like kissing or something like that. Um, yeah. What if you had to give him a hug? Uh, oh, like rub your face in it? Well, just like a hug, like a, a normal hug. Ugh. I mean, you can hug without putting your face in somebody's stomach. They're big, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's going to ruin a lot of shirts. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll do it. What? You would take that? Yeah. I'll I don't think it. if it was a hug, I oh, would do it. Oh, a hug? No, no. No, I wouldn't do a hug. Oh, you wouldn't do a no, hug? No, I wouldn't do a hug. Just just regular, just nah, rub it. Yeah, rub the belly? Yeah, yeah that's not a I'll, big deal. I would take that. That'd be fine. I think that would become comedic at some point. It would be funny is like you're standing in line, you know, checking out somebody behind you, they kiss or whatever. And then like, you know, what's coming, but then they don't. Yeah. And they see this sumo wrestler come like, up. Excuse me. Excuse <laughs> Just like me. Fighting his way through the line. <laughs> and they're like, what? And then I look at them and be like, this is all your fault. That's right. <laughs> just, just make it awkward for them. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. You know what? Give me the money because I want to do that because I, I hope it's the same guy and we're going to be on the first name basis. Like, oh, hey, it's Bill. Come here. Let me rub the stomach. All right. <laughs> and the people are just like, what the hell's going on? 
Oh, goodness. Yep. We, I'll take it. We watched a sumo match. Um, it was around this time last year they had uh, ESPN 8, the Ocho. The Ocho. Right, as an yeah. anniversary deal for uh, dodgeball. Mm-hmm. And they had a, a like world championship sumo deal, and they weren't in weight classes. Really? Yeah, there was like a couple guys that were like, just like a round robin? Yeah, kind of like 240, 250. I mean, not that big, right? And then there was guys that were like 320 yeah. or 340. Um, and they had the sumo wrestle. And one of the smaller guys actually made it a very long ways in this tournament. Um, you know, the matches don't last that long, so those mm-hmm. guys don't really get winded. But um, I mean, it, so really so sumo wrestling, is an, it's an awesome sport. I love yeah. watching it. It's it's rich in history. It's I don't rich watch in it often, though. It's no, but on. it's one of those things. But if it's on, I mean, I'm going to watch it because it could get – you know, pretty crazy and everything. And they're just yeah. hand slapping. And oh, yeah. so a lot of the times, you know, with NFL, you know, they'll bring in certain wrestlers and everything. Oh, and they'll yeah. work with their – and they're fast. They're quick. Oh, they're crazy they're movement. So, you know, they're offensive linemen. They're learning. They're they're watching film and studying, you know, from sumo wrestlers and sumo matches and everything. Yeah. And there's some really good documentaries out there. I love, I love documentaries. That's one of my favorite things to watch. And there's a really good one where it follows a – an undersized American sumo wrestler in Japan yeah, and just seeing what he has to eat and everything. And he's at this school that just, you know, they focus only on sumo wrestling and everything. So it's, it, it, you know, gave it a totally different perspective than I was used to because I was used to, like I said, you know, Yokozuna behind you, that's the old wrestler from the eighties, you know I mean? But that's, you know, that's how he started at the same time. Yeah. So it's a really cool documentary. If you can see, I forget the name of it, but you can just, you know, YouTube sumo documentary will so, be on there. Is that the only time it's acceptable to see a man in a thong? Because <laughs> for me, I'm yeah, gonna say that's the that, only time I'm going to watch it. I'm going to say that, and maybe if you're on, like, Bourbon Street down in New Orleans. Oh, no, that's not uh, no, that's I mean, not appropriate. Well, no, it's, it's Bourbon Street, though. That's, <laughs> so? I'm not saying it's a, like, that's you're going to see a guy in a thong down there. <laughs> you're just going to, you're just going to. I mean, it's, it's like just. Like Borat running yeah. the road. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because like I've seen you know I've I've seen people like at the pool or at the beach in that the Borat oh, speedo no. thing I'm like man that's just uh that's rough would you wear one of those every time you went swimming <laughs> you had to wear one of those would you take that for a million dollars oh you know what I would because I don't go to the pool so you know of the let's say I'm 34 let's say I have 30 years left. They put me at 64. I might be at the pool less than a dozen times between now and then. I'll take it. <laughs> I, there's no way you will ever find me in one of those. It's just like the romper. <laughs> it's not happening. Sorry. I, I don't know. Show off my tattoos. I have tattoos everywhere. <laughs> so, hey, I paid good money for them. You're going to see them. Yeah, but might as well show them off. Yep. <laughs> That's funny. But, um, yeah, I think I'd take that money. Yeah, I, no I, would, I would too. It would be... At first, it'd be gross, but I was like, you know what? That's yeah, why I, I hope it would be the same one. It'd the be, same it, person? Yeah, same person. It's it's when it's somebody else be like, oh, man, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> would it change your pick if it was always a different person? It might, because I would yeah. like the com- I would like the comedy aspect of... One guy. Because not only would it be uncomfortable for me, you know, it Red might be uncomfortable for him, time. too. But yeah. like, man, why does this guy always got to rub my stomach? <laughs> well, so that's the interesting part. Would it... Would you have the urge to rub his stomach, or would you do it as just a, okay, I know I have to, right? I think it would come in waves. Like, some would be like, yeah, fine. Nah. And then it would be like, <laughs> <laughs> and then for him, would it be, 
like he hasn't he has to have you touch his stomach or would it be like this awkward thing like some like if he didn't know who you were right <laughs> somehow magically every time you were just some random dude rubbing his yeah belly. he was he would be like he was i would i would hope his would be the other question but like somebody he sees public display of affection some somebody guy has, has to, to rub, rub his, his stomach yeah. <laughs> <laughs> would you split the money with him if it was the same guy oh I mean, you'd have to give him something. We'd have, yeah, we'd have to figure out some sort Work of out some sort of some agreement. sort of deal. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's hilarious. All right, so next week, you want to tell everybody what we're going to be uh, smoking then? Yeah, we are going to do the LFD Lenox. Really, really interesting cigar, um, and really good. Made by, uh, or I'm sorry, blended by Tony instead of Lido. And it's it's one of my favorite LFDs. LFD is a big seller. A lot of places, especially, you know, here in our shop, um, it's complex because it has, to me, it hits a lot of different notes. Like we were talking about on flavor-wise and everything like that. It's, look, looking at the flavor wheel just in front of me right now, I'm already seeing all different kind of things that I'm going to be able to instantly pick out of that uh, out of that, yeah. that cigar. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of my favorite LFDs. It's, it's one we smoke pretty regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a great cigar. So yeah, it's gonna be a re- looking forward to that. It's gonna be a real good. One. And I was doing the same thing where, uh, you know, now I have to go the whole week without smoking the Lenox. Yep. And because I keep those in my humidor at home a lot, and uh, I did I did go fine without smoking the uh, the Oliva. Um, yeah. Um, just to keep you guys updated, we are um, doing an event on uh, June fourteenth with Archetype Cigars, um, which is part of the ventura mm-hmm. umbrella yep um so we'll have uh, aj costa up here um one of my favorite reps oh yeah definitely. Just so he is so good he's he's knowledgeable he's funny um he is what you what you look in in for a cigar rep you know he's yeah. not there just to sell the product and, and get the hell out of the door he likes just hanging out yeah. and doing that and you know we, we it's a product that we just brought in but he's been coming around yeah. for a long time and he's just been he's so cool and down to earth you know i can't wait you know to have him in the shop and have an event with him and you know archetype makes a good solid uh product and everything i'm i've really yeah. been enjoying really their cigars and everything lately so uh there'll be something to look forward forward to in the next couple uh next coming weeks yeah we're gonna have him on um as a guest coming up so uh keep your eyes peeled for that episode yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be a real good one but yeah i want to say thanks for listening guys um another episode at you yeah reach out to us and uh you know ask us anything it's whatever all right we'll see y'all next week later